गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए परंपरा श्रीमद भागवतम की जाए so we're continuing our discussion Srimad Bhagavatam, first canon, fifth chapter. Nard's instructions to Vyas on Srimad Bhagavatam. Text 32 tonight. Etat samsuchitam brahmams tapat chayat chikit sitam yadishpure bhagavati karma brahmani bhavitam So in the last discussion we heard how the sages, as a parting word, instructed Vyas in Tatpadartha, knowledge about that, about him, about Bhagavan, Sambandagyan, and the emphasis here seems to be that such knowledge is useful for bhakti, but its use is appreciated, understood, realized in as much as it actually fuels one's practice. So there's a rational, if you will, process of acquiring the sambandha jnana, you have to apply your intelligence and so on and so forth. But as I've often said, we in bhakti learn to use our head to soften our heart. So it's a special kind of knowledge. Hmm? Uh, It's primarily the knowledge of how beautiful is Krishna. Hmm? How extraordinary is his form. Madhurja, his sweetness. His charm, how he plays the flute, and so on and so forth. Then it descends a little bit in terms of his opulence, his his godhood, and so on and so forth. But this kind of knowledge, this is very uh, useful for bhakti, but also it is as useful as, as a result of hearing about it, we're compelled to hear, to chant, to make a garland for the deity, to pick a flower for the deity. Hmm? These are the most powerful things. Hmm? These types of activities. To chant his holy name and so on and so forth. Hmm? Indeed, Nard, by serving Vaishnavas and being engaged in those activities, became Krishna conscious. And even without the Sambandhagyan, but they gave it to him. And they gave it to him because, of course, it's important for most people to get some Sambandhagyan that will help them in their practice and so on and so forth. But it's possible that we can collect such knowledge and not in such a way as to fuel our practice but to foster our false ego and sense of importance and regurgitate these truths in such a way that it may turn on the people's heads and cause our head to be held up high rather than our, our ourselves to be humbled. Hmm? So some balance here in the way that it's given. Now, further as a parting word, it is mentioned here that they also enlightened him in the knowledge of tvam, tattvam, tattvadartha, tvam padartha, tattvam. Asi is the famous um, Upanishadic aphorism. There's tat and there's tvam. There's that or him and there's, there's you. So you are 
his. Or you are that, whatever that is. Hmm? So in the you are that idea, <laughs> then the, the that is rather vague. In the you are him, it's more idea, it's more specific. Hmm? And specificity, of course, is fosters the possibility of love. Hmm? Not vagueness, hmm? but detail and so forth. So here it's mentioned that etat sam suchitam brahmam. So, um, Ovias, the idea here of this verse is that it's um, very much true that by service to um, to to Bhagwan in the context of offering one's actions to him, that the very things, actions that were problematic and by way of producing repercussions that constitute bondage, those very same actions become a source of uh, deliverance. So we're segueing into this kind of knowledge of Tvampadarta, which we find, for example, where? In the first six chapters of the Gita. This is the emphasis. It's on you, it's on the self, and the difference between fruit of action, or action with the desire to enjoy the fruits, and the then emphasis on act in such a way without desiring the fruits, Arjun. This will bring knowledge, and we find in that six chapters, it brings knowledge and turns into bhakti, ultimately, as the chapters end. I read, uh, heard recently or something, a, a devotee had been lecturing on the first six, six chapters of the Gita to the public, and he let out a sigh of relief. <sighs> at last, we're at chapter 7, verse 1. I really appreciated it very much, because... <laughs> This is the real heart of the subject, then, of the devotees. Hmm? Tut, him, all the first, the seven, middle six chapters, all about Bhagawan. Bhakti is elaborated upon, and, uh, and the object of Bhakti is speaking about himself, and all in certain terms, and so forth. He's not clearly talking about himself, he's talking about you, and the difference between you and matter, and how you're entangled, and so on and so forth. And, and the knowledge that's given there is emphasized again in greater detail in the last six chapters, and, and so forth. The real heart of the Gita is those middle six chapters, the theology, bhakti is, uh, different types of bhakti, and shuddha bhakti is emphasized there, pure bhakti, and Bhagavan makes, Sri Krishna makes clear what is his own position, and so forth. So I, I very much appreciated his Say, at last, we've arrived at chapter 7. I can talk about Krishna directly, instead of indirectly, if you will, talking about Krishna by way of talking about prakriti kriyamanani yugunai karmani sarvasaha. Here it's mentioned, tapdatrai chikyutsitam. So, they gave knowledge of the threefold miseries, of the, of the influence of the modes of material nature, and so forth. All these topics, hmm? they are not real 
rasik. <laughs> they're, they're important hmm? uh, for most people and so forth, and for most devotees, obviously, as well. But uh, the devotee with some maturity will have an, an inclination to, to want to speak more about Bhagwan, his pastime, his leela, his form, his qualities, and so on and so forth. Hmm? So, again, in, in, in passing on their way out, they gave the knowledge of him and they gave the knowledge of me, or of, of that and, and, and you, of tat and, and tvam. And this, was, as I say, is found in the Gita, the first six chapters, the middle six chapters. Mm-hmm. And here it's indicated that that while the knowledge about him, mm-hmm, with that emphasis, resulted in his in 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 what did he say? He said, uh, by that knowledge, by knowing that, I could return to him. I could go to. I could go. It means I could. Yenagachanti Tatpadam, I could go to his abode uh, to meet to meet him. Hmm? Um, you could give the knowledge about that, the implication is, or, or excuse me, about Twam, about you, and not go there. Hmm? And certainly there is a sect of transcendentalists and Vedantists that focus on that. Hmm? That's why Rupa Goswami says, for example, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, that Gyan and Bhairagya, its corollary, um, are not angas of bhakti. While he's delineating the limbs of bhakti, at a certain point he stops and says, these things are not angas of bhakti. He mentions a few things. He begins with Gyan and uh, um, Bhairagya. Hmm? Bhairagya is concomitant to knowledge, to Gyan, because knowledge of the self uh, is knowledge of that which is enduring and as that with the ingress of that kind of wisdom self-wisdom about the eternality of the self and the experience of that then the things that are here today and gone tomorrow they in in the pursuit of them is seen for what it is ignorance and so detachment from such things follows that knowledge. But Rupa Goswami says, knowledge and vairagya are not angas of bhakti. He says, they may be a little helpful in the beginning. By saying they may be a little helpful, he means, first of all, that they're a little helpful if they're understood in the context of bhakti. Jnana hmm? uh, here constitutes knowledge of tat and tvam and and the unity of the two, but just the emphasis on that, that's not helpful. Hmm? And some people make a whole path out of that. The oneness between the jiva and brahman. They go so far as to as to say there is no jiva, ultimately. There is only brahman. Hmm? This kind of thinking and the discipline for for pursuing such, this is not useful. We are one with Bhagawan, that's true, but we're also, as we know, different at the same time. And we tend to emphasize the difference. Hmm? Because without emphasizing the difference, there's not much scope for bhakti. Hmm? And in the context of emphasizing the difference, then the unity comes to fore, to the fore as, as well, in a way that's healthy, natural, and helps us. 
Without that, we may get waylaid in the idea that there's a unity between myself and God and not have, then, any inclination for devotion. Hmm? Problem. So it's a little helpful. Hmm? Uh, that means if it is, if that knowledge is, is such that it's an emphasis on a unity that then, uh, as the be-all and end-all, then it's not helpful. But take that aside, then, in the context of bhakti, well, then, it may be a little helpful in the beginning to have some knowledge that there's a difference between you and the body. But the interesting thing here is that it's not necessary. You could just string garlands for Krishna. Hmm? You could just pick flowers, grow grow vegetables for Krishna, cook them and offer them, hmm? and not even know who he is. It's possible. Hmm? <laughs> this is a different path, you see. It's very much um, um, mercy-based rather than effort-based. The Gyanmarg, the path of Bhairagya, these are very effort-based. In Bhakti Mark, we, 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 we decorate Krishna with beautiful ornaments. And when they get old and a little tattered, we take them off and wear them. Of course, Dauji Gopal's outfits would be a little small for us, but hmm? today I talked with Brenda and she was out shopping for Gornitai, for Gorpurnim, buying a silk sari that she's going to turn into an outfit and jewelry, and so she called me so excited. I got this outfit for Gornitai. This is really all I ever want to do. I said, it's all that simple. That's all you have to do. Hmm? Little knowledge can be helpful. Little samandagyan that can be quite helpful for us in the beginning. Hmm? And some knowledge about the self and the modes of nature and so on and so forth. It, it might be a little helpful, but hmm? the power of bhakti, this is the emphasis here. And the emphasis in this whole section, again, he took prasad once with their permission and had such power. Hmm? As I said, this is what's being emphasized. The power of bhakti, the direct path of bhakti. Hmm? And the knowledge that's kind of committed to it is kind of secondary. Hmm? Here we're kind of going down a little bit. There was a knowledge about him, hmm? now the knowledge about you, which could descend to a non-devotional or spiritual, if you will, uh, or a pseudo-spiritual orientation. It would be pseudo-spiritual because as much as it's knowledge about the oneness between myself and Bhagwan or Brahman that makes light of Devotion is as much as it won't be fruitful, even in its aim towards mukti. Mm-hmm. So one has to be a little careful about this um, this kind of knowledge, and, and so forth. So as well with bairagya. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's helpful to be a little detached from from things. But there's in bhakti, the adhikar, the eligibility for bhakti is one can't be too detached, neither too attached. Mm-hmm. The idea is if, if, if someone comes and offers prashad, hmm, then you can't say, I'm, I'm fasting. You at least have to say, well, okay, I'm fasting, so pay my obeisances to the prashad, take some and keep it. I've honored it by paying obeisance to it, and then, you know, when the fast is over, then I'll honor it more fully. 
something like that. So it's an, it, it's enjoyable to take prasad. It's it's not something to be renounced. So the Rupa Goswami uses the term yukta vairagyam. He says it's a kind of a renunciation that really arises out of bhakti. If it's not favorable to bhakti, I don't do it. We don't really. It's not really renunciation. It's bhakti. Hmm? Yuck. You know, Krishna doesn't like that. I don't want it. Hmm? The the whole impetus, the whole motivation is positive. Hmm? And this this when we get vairagya, when a vairagya arises in this context, and when knowledge arises in this context, the problem with knowledge and the problem with with uh, renunciation, which makes them only a little helpful in the beginning, the problem being is that they tend to make the heart hard is done away with. So we take the hard edge off of jnana, the hard edge off of vairagya, hmm, by letting them arise in the context of bhakti. Hmm? Because bhakti, what is praying bhakti about? Hmm? It's characterized by not only a softening of the heart, which comes in bhava, but a melting of the heart. Now you see, melting of the heart is just to emphasize how soft it has to become. Hmm? And you compare that with jnana in the path of vairagya under themselves. How hard that is. How harsh that is. It's painful. Hmm? To fast is painful. To st- stretch your brain. Hmm? And like they do in Gyanmar, it's troublesome. Hmm? And it, it makes the heart hard. It fosters pride. Knowledge fosters pride for good reasons. Well, you see, I know something. They don't. So let's be a little careful about that. So this hard heart is very contrary to what is very central to the bhakti marg. Therefore, gyan and bhairag, they have to be looked at in a particular light. We have to be a little careful about that. Rupa Goswami has made this kind of uh, um, emphasis for important reason. Here Narada is making it also. In, as a kind of partying word, they gave me knowledge of 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 twam twam parat also, what are the modes of nature? How to conquer over them? Huh? How by by the ordinary again activities that one engages in or Vedic activities, for example, if one is dharmic, hmm? in the context here of uh, the the, the uh, social religious system that the book is uh, spoken to, uh, if you're doing the Proceeding on the Dharma Marg, the Karma Marg, and you offer the fruits of your activity to Bhagwan. That which was causing bondage will now cause liberation. It will free you from the modes of nature. You'll come to see the self. And so, so he's he, he's 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 talking about how and he'll go on for a few verses of, uh, about this kind of digressing hmm, from the idea of like just eating prasad once with their permission and the power of that to a more extended process that is likened to, as I said earlier, the first six chapters of the Gita. Hmm? Hmm? So he gives a couple of examples of, of what he means. He says that, O good soul, does not a thing therapeutically applied cure a disease which was caused by the very same thing? Thus, when all a man's activities are dedicated to the service of the Lord, 
Those very activities which cause bondage become the destroyer of the tree of work. They give knowledge. They were ignorance. They fostered ignorance. Now they're giving knowledge. Hmm? See, this is the first six chapters of the Gita that he's going over here, that kind of emphasis. Hmm? He says, whatever work is done here in this life, in the context of which the fruits are offered to Bhagwan and Bhagwan is pleased, this causes, he says here, the universe of knowledge, and that knowledge has some bhakti in it. The knowledge that comes from that kind of offering. Hmm? And here it might be Vedic prescribed duties or Vedic unprescribed duties. What is that verse of the Gita? Ninth chapter, Krishna says, Yat karosi garashnasi, yat chohoshi darasi yat, yat tapas yasikonteya, mat kurushvatararpanam. So whatever you do, whatever you offer and eat, whatever you give away, whatever penances you may perform, outside of the context of the Vedic standard, give it to Bhagwan. Hmm? This will bring some knowledge, and this knowledge has some bhakti to it. So he's talking about coming from bhakti mishra karma to karma mishra bhakti, from karma mishra bhakti to jnana mishra bhakti, hmm? and to bhakti. Again, this is very much how the first six chapters of the Gita take us kram bikram kind of step by step by sorting out the self from matter, kind of kind of factoring in Bhagawan. And then at the end of course the chapter sixth chapter ends after talking about meditation with the emphasis on bhakti itself and again on into the the seventh chapter. Hmm? He says, while performing here I think concluding this section, let me see here. Yes. While performing duties according to the order of Sri Krishna, one constantly remembers him, his name and quality. So what he's saying here is that, and so in this process, if this karma, nishkam karma yoga is done properly, that means the fruits are offered of one's work to Bhagwan. You're not doing hearing and chanting necessarily. You're doing something else. But you're offering the fruits. You're not offering yourself, which we do in bhakti. You're offering the fruits of your work. That's a big difference. Hmm? But doing it that way, this brings knowledge. That knowledge has some bhakti in it. Hmm? Um, and, 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 and then in the context of continuing in this way, one also tends to, because he's offering it to Bhagawan, the fruits of activities, to become engaged in hearing and chanting and bhakti yoga directly. Hmm? One actually starts to remember him, so forth and so on, one become qualified for bhakti. This is kind of the, of course, this all by the association of sadhus and so on and so forth, kind of a gradual development. And we see sometimes people like this on the spiritual path in the yoga circles and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So here, a slight uh, digression, if you will, from the main emphasis here of Srupsita bhakti, activities of bhakti that are so potent that even if you don't know what they are, they have power and efficacy. Hmm? An emphasis on that, to an emphasis on having the proper knowledge of who Bhagwan is and how that will be helpful, that was emphasized. That also includes knowledge of the self, but he's kind of separated the two here. 
again, twam pardartha, tad pardartha, these two things. And and the, the twam pardartha is such that you be that can go somewhere else unto its unto itself. Hmm? Therefore, it has to be um, understood, realized, taught, pursued in the context of bhakti. Hmm? Any question? Yeah. To conclude the analysis of the Gita, according to Tatsumasi, I would imagine that he explained the, six, the last six chapters to be an explanation of Asi. Is there an explanation of that? Well, the first six chapters are kind of the yoga psychology and knowledge of the self. The middle chapters are all about bhakti. The last six chapters are kind of going over some of the metaphysics that are mentioned in the beginning, hmm? maybe a little bit in the in the, in the center section. Tattvam asi it means how they're one. Hmm? I suppose it's some of that there in those third chapter thirteen, <laughs> and uh, it's kind of an elaborate. You know, you hear about the modes of nature in the third chapter, and there's the fourteenth chapter. It's all about the modes of nature. Hmm? You hear about the difference between self and the body, and the thirteenth chapter is all about the chetra and the chetra gya, field, the knower of the field, so on and so forth. There's a little of each in all chapters, but. They have their emphasis. In the middle six, this is the real beauty. This is, of course, where the secret of secrets is found, where Krishna says, what? Again, just offer obeisances to me. Just think about me. Let's make it simple, he said. Mm-hmm. Offer your pranam to me. Become my devotee. What is my devotee? He hears and chants about me. <laughs> Let's make it real simple here. But simple for the simple. People tend to be a little complicated because... Oh, what a web we deceive, we weave what, once when we first choose to deceive, something like that. So we're all tangled up, wrapped up, and it's difficult to just be uh, uh, a simple, I don't mean simple in a negative way, it's a beautiful quality to be simple and be able to just accept, yes, Krishna is beautiful. Who's more beautiful than Krishna? Let me serve him in every way. Hmm? need a complicated explanation of why and why not and so on and so forth. What else? You see, these are very, these are actually kind of earth-shaking kind of ideas. I mean, the whole edifice of Vedanta, Vedanta, the end of knowledge, sober person. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was criticized by Vedantists for his hearing and chanting, singing and dancing in the public. What is this? Hmm? The sober truth and the, uh, you know, the, the objectivity, moving away from the world of things and ups and downs of the emotional life and so forth. Hmm. Just by singing, chanting, serving the deity of Krishna, you could be, you you could be, you are perfectly realized when you're doing that. Once I asked Prabhupada, 
Prabhupada, if I just keep distributing book, your books, will we become self-realized? He said, you already are self-realized. How could you be distributing the book if you're not? Something like that. You already are self-realized. That is self-realization. Glorifying Krishna. Hmm? Keep doing that. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> but that's... Um, of course, it's not as mind-boggling as those guys that say, and so you come in one minute. I will touch you and you will become enlightened. I've heard people like that. We went to a class once in San Francisco, myself and a couple of devotees. And this, we were trying to hear what, what different type of teachers were saying. And this fellow from India was a follower of Paramahansa Yogananda. He made, in two minutes you come afterwards. And I would, you know, Give you the shakti, and so this god brother of mine asked the question: said, "How can you know this thing strive for for lifetimes? People living in the Himalayas, you know, naked in the cold Ganges, you know, trying to figure out the difference between matter and spirit. And you're going to give it in two minutes? He says, not what? Not two minutes? One minute? <laughs> you come. That sounds a little more ludicrous than just serving Krishna. Hmm. <laughs> when indeed, people li- who could be heavier." of a jnani than Shankaracharya. And he writes, My desire is just to retire on the banks of the Jamuna and remember the pastimes of Radha and Krishna. Hmm? Is this a stated objective? <laughs> kind of gets overlooked or they somehow understand it in a, in a more complex way than it's been stated. Bajagobinda, 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 Muramate. Mm-hmm. One famous statement also of Shankar, just worship Govinda, worship Govinda, worship Govinda, you fools. <laughs> Something, isn't it? And he's speaking to all the Ghanis, the students. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what we're learning here in this section. Something like that. To be simple, to live here, beautiful Madhavan. It's such a wonderful opportunity. It's a nice community of devotees and serving the deity. Such intimacy. What else? All right, we'll stop there. Sri Krishna Sankirtan ki dai. Sriman Bhagavatam ki dai. Gaur Premanandi.